Hey, Luke, have you been looking for a new Daily Fantasy Sports app? You know, I have really been jonesing for one. I got the perfect one for you, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, your man, Mookie Betts, will he have over or under one and a half RBIs? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Got that? I got it. All right, so go check out Thrive Fantasy. If you use the promo code, Bring in the heat, or bring the heat, B-R-I-N-G-T-H-E-H-E-A-T. When you sign up, they will match your first deposit of up to $10. So you deposit $10, you have $20 to play with now. Go check it out. I know that we've already had some people reach out to us about their success. They've won some of their latest, uh, I would say, bets. So go check it out. That's Thrive Fantasy, one of the best and newest Uh, daily fantasy sports apps out there here we go gentlemen welcome back to bringing the heat podcast this is episode 39 yes i said at 39 we are one away from the big 4-0 um today is april 11th 2019 and it's me just by myself your host zach so uh before i get into any nfl and mlb and ufc talk um i kind of we're gonna i'm gonna talk about a little nba um so we don't really follow the NBA that much. We don't talk about it ever on our podcast, um, mainly because we kind of. I used to follow the NBA quite a bit when I was in high school, and then I don't know. I kind of fell out of love with it. It got boring to me. Um, the NBA game has just kind of changed a lot. So, but two people that I want to congrat, uh, con- give a congrats to is D Wade and Dirk. So those two retire, and you know they were. That was like the D Wade's and Dirk's careers were like they were like as if Michael Jordan was playing like I was alive in the Michael Jordan era like though not saying those guys are Michael Jordan but like they are two of the greats to play the game in my era and that was kind of that that, that first way like same with LeBron and things like that so um, congrats to them on great careers as they retire and you know Dirk especially Dirk was one of my favorite players uh, as a kid. And, you know, it was like whenever we would go to the basketball courts, Dirk's jump shot, fadeaway type 
steal that he would always do with his leg in the air. We were always trying to copy that. And, and so, you know, Dirk always had an influence on, on me as a kid, at least. And he was the epitome of hard work and, and gritty guy that, you know, he didn't, he struggled early on in his career and, you know, he really figured it out and was really one of the first big men to develop a jump shot and first big men to be able to hit consistent three pointers. So, and he was a guy that took down a way better team when he won that championship. So, um, love Dirk. And the other NBA thing that I want to talk about is what is going on with the Lakers. So, Magic Johnson stepped down abruptly uh, from the Lakers, citing that he wants to have fun again. He wants to be the same old Magic, and this is a horrible look for the Lakers. So you go out, you get LeBron, you think that, you know, this is the first time LeBron hasn't made the playoffs in how long, um, which is crazy because almost everybody in the NBA makes the playoffs, so it's even more crazy that they're not in it with LeBron. Um, and that whole team just seems to be in turmoil, you know, after that whole Anthony Davis ordeal when he was going to trade the whole squad for Anthony Davis, um, that kind of just did not resonate well with the players with, you know, and it's crazy, like the young guys, you got Ingram and you got Ball and you got, um, who else? I'm missing one. Oh, uh, Uz- or Kuzma. So it's like, you know, you, you can't, you want to get rid of your whole team for one guy and and ultimately I think that backfired and it kind of left the Lakers in limbo and right now things are, are weird no Magic Johnson now uh that, that and it just it looked like a complete disaster I mean it's it's crazy what has happened so I just want to touch on that a little bit and just throw it out there I'm not going to elaborate on it too much because again that's not we don't really cover the NBA too much, but I just wanted to say congrats on D. Wade and Dirk on stellar careers, and I just wanted to kind of throw the Lakers thing out there as, wow, what a disaster. LeBron doesn't make the playoffs, then Magic Johnson is gone. So, absolutely crazy. But moving on to what we normally talk about, um, NFL. So, there isn't much going on in the NFL right now. We're pretty, we're getting closer to the draft, Um I'm not too hyped for the draft this year only because the Bears don't have a first or second round pick, but I am excited because I think there's, you know, it's a pretty loaded draft class and I'm pretty excited to see what happens with the whole Kyler Murray thing. Uh, I am interested to see what the Giants do. Uh, so I don't know. I'm pretty excited to see because, like I said, the draft is, is so loaded that I think that all the teams can get good picks. But it also there's always that one team that makes that one head scratching pick. And, you know, will that be the Raiders again? Because the Raiders were kind of on that receiving end last year and Gruden didn't have a very good first um, draft. So now that they got Mayock and, you know, that's been Mayock's job for how long is grading um, draft prospects. So you would think that the Raiders either either they're going to get rid of picks and get Kyler Murray somehow, which I don't think is happening. I think that ultimately the Cardinals are going to get Kyler Murray. But, you know, could they do that? Are they going to hit on all three? Or I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like the Raiders are going to going to have a good draft. I think they'll do well. But then part of me is like, you know, they struggled last year. So I'm interested to see how Mayock does in his first year in this role. Um, I think Gruden has more of a say, honestly, than Mayock, but 
those two together, it should be a good combo, but we'll see. Um, I am interested to see what the Giants do if they address the quarterback situation. Um, I'm interested to see what the Cardinals are doing because if Rosen doesn't get traded before the draft, it's going to happen on draft night if they go the Murray route. But again, Kingsbury came out the other day and said he's confident Rosen can run that offense. So, you know, I don't know if he's just trying to fly under the radar, but for everything we've heard, it's no secret that they like Kyler Murray. So, and they have the first pick, so the ball is in their court. I mean, they get to choose. It's, I mean, to me, if they don't have any intent on drafting Murray, I'm I would listen for offers. If I, I think a team will offer them a lot, and they can get a couple more picks. But that's just my opinion. Um, in NFL news, though, so we'll have a draft pre- preview before uh, that happens, but. In news information, Demarius Thomas, who those of you that listen to the podcast know we had talked about he was arrested a while back, um, he is visiting the New England Patriots, and that does not surprise me. I mean, the Patriots have done this so many times, going after former All-Pro stud receivers at the tail end of their careers, hoping to get something from them, and they did it with Chad Johnson. Um, I wouldn't say Randy Moss was at the end, but Randy Moss struggled uh, in when he was in Oakland before going to, to um, New England. So people really didn't know what they were getting with Randy Moss. So um, Randy Moss was another guy. Um, who else? I know I know there's another one, but th- that's what they do. They go out and they get these guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if Demarius Thomas has a shot to, to do okay, but he also has a torn Achilles, so there's a chance he might not even play this year. So... He's visiting the Patriots, though. That doesn't mean that he's signing there, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Um, but And the Patriots also signed Austin Safarian Jenkins, um, veteran tight end, uh, guy that hasn't been able to stay out of trouble. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Um, he had that one really good year. Uh, I think it's a good signing for New England, though. They're trying to find a replacement for Gronk, which is not going to happen because Gronk is Gronk. You're not going to get a replacement for him. But... I think that Jenkins can fit well in that offense. I do. So um, I think that Jenkins will be all right, and we'll see We'll see what happens. I mean, so he signed a one-year deal, so it's not like they're committed to him long-term. Um, the Redskins, the Redskins say they are not in on a deal for Josh Rosen. Now, this surprises me a bit because the Redskins, yeah, they got Case Keenum, Um Still unknown whether Alex Smith will come back or not. But I th- I don't know. I feel like the Redskins are still players for Josh Rosen. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sold on Rosen, but a lot of people like him. I, I have never been a fan of Rosen. I've, I've said it time and time again on various podcasts. He's, he's, to me, gotten worse. He got worse every year of college, and, and he did not play very well last year. Um, but... A lot of teams like them, and the Redskins were one of those teams. And so I don't know. Like the Redskins are another team. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what they do because they have that need at quarterback. But Redskins have needs kind of all over the field. So um, really interested to see what they do. Uh, and I I don't believe that they're not that they're out on Rosen. I don't believe that. I'll believe that when Rosen is traded somewhere else. Um, because I, I honestly think it's between the Redskins and the Giants of who wants them. And, you know, the Redskins and the Giants, obviously, in the same division. So 
maybe each one tries to outdo each other, outbid each other, and that happens on draft night. That's why I think this draft night is going to be exciting because there's so many things that can happen, so many trades that could happen. Um, and the draft is always exciting. So, I mean, it sucks the Bears don't have a first-round pick, but ultimately it's still going to be exciting. Um, and then speaking of the Giants, the Giants extended Sterling Shepard to four years, $41 million, which was surprising, and our podcast, a.k.a. Luke, um, had predicted that he thought Sterling Shepard would get traded. Um, instead, they extend him four years, $41 million. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it, too, because Sterling Shepard, to me, also has underperformed in his career. He hasn't lived up to what everyone thought he would be, um, especially when you know he had Odell on the other side. And so to me, like Odell's attracting more attention and you're still not putting up massive numbers. Uh, so I don't know. I think that they did it because they need to keep receivers because they, they literally have Shepard, Golden Tate, and then they have Ingram at, at tight end. So I think that they needed to keep them. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we, I can't really predict. I, I just don't think that Sterling Shepard is that good, in my honest opinion. I think that they could have... I think they're still... I don't think they'll do it in the first round, but I think they'll obviously still address the receiving position, maybe second, third round, because I think that this draft is loaded at receiver, um, in my opinion. And they need that down-the-field threat. Like like Luke has said previously so many times, the Giants have so many slot receivers. Like They need that big playmaking guy on the outside that can stretch the field. Um, and then the last bit of... Football news that just came in, Leonard Fournette was arrested. He was driving with a suspended license and, and all this stuff. Apparently sus- the suspended license was he had a, got a speeding ticket, he didn't pay it, and in Florida, if you don't pay a speeding ticket, it leads to a suspended license. So that's, I mean, it's bad. Obviously he was arrested. Uh, you're a millionaire. Why you're not paying your fine is beyond me. But excuse me, I have to go in. <sighs> all right. Um, so yeah, it's stupid that he didn't pay, but whatever, at least, you know, it it could have been a lot worse. Something he was arrested for. We see NFL players getting arrested for way worse things. So if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you sit down, you have a meeting with them. You say, why in God's name, are you not paying your fine when this is what you make a year? And you squash it at that. Now, if it becomes a problem, keeps happening again then we get a little bit more serious. But it is weird, though, because Fournette has had some run-ins. He's had some issues not only off the field but with the Jags as well. So um, it'll be interesting. Plus Coughlin, you know, he's kind of a no-nonsense guy. So it'll be uh, – we'll, we'll see what they do there. But that's it for NFL. I don't – there wasn't much to talk about there. Again, as the draft gets closer, we hear some rumblings and stuff. But I don't want to go too much into the draft because we're going to have an episode based on the draft. So – um, moving on to baseball. So two great streaks ended. One was two days ago and one was today. Um, so DeGrom streak ends his, um, quality start streak ended. He got knocked around by the twins. Um, and then Whit Merrifield. So originally I was going to say Whit Merrifield continues to stay hot he was at 31 games last night um, with a bunt he actually got it with a bunt today he had six chances to extend that hit streak and it didn't happen so his hit streak ends at 31 games he was 0 for 6 today um tough it sucks 
A, it shows us how hard that DiMaggio record is and probably will never, ever, ever be broken, um, especially with the strikeout rates going up. So one looks like that will never – obviously it's never going to be broken and shows us how hard it is. And then two, that's the – I'm surp- this is what annoys me. If And if I didn't airing it out today, it was going to be on this – you barely heard about this hit streak. Like if you're not a if you're not a baseball fan and you don't like go on MLB.com or or anything like ESPN barely had it. Like this is not even being talked about that he had a 31 game hit streak. Now yes, I know that it dates back to last season, but who cares? 31 games in a row getting a hit is impressive. That's tough. We haven't had a hit streak that long since J-Roll. And I think it that was like 2005. Like, it's been a long time, and J-Roll's like in the mid-30s. So we haven't had a hit streak that high and that long and barely being talked about crazy to me. Um, so that bothered me a bit. So if we had narrowing it out, it was going to be on that, but we don't have one today. Um, anyways, another streak that continued, Chris Davis. Um, all I have to say is we're going to have a moment of silence for Chris Davis. All right, and that was the moment of silence for Chris Davis. Um, the man still hasn't gotten a hit. He hit one yesterday, and I think he thought that he had a home run. Um, he didn't, like, pimp it, but, like, he looked at it, and then he just rounded first and just started to laugh because it's, like, at this point, it's, like, what in God's name do you have to do? I got to yell it again. <sighs> I don't know what is going on. I'm obviously tired. Can't stop yawning. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Chris Davis, it can only go up from here. So just think about it that way. Um, so we have two uh, extensions that were signed in the last two days. So the Cardinals extended Matt Carpenter two years, which I like. Carpenter last year was in the MVP voting. He was scorching hot. Um, he has he kind of went through a rough patch like a, two years ago, um, but he's back. I mean, Matt Carpenter looks great. He's played well. He's stayed healthy. He's versatile, decent glove. I've always been a big fan of Matt Carpenter, so he's going to stay with the Cardinals in the red uniform for two more years. And then the the Braves, wow, I couldn't think of it for a second. The Braves extended Ozzy Albies today, seven years, $35 million, and that is left me scratching my head a little bit today when I read that. So when I got the uh, update from MLB, actually at bat, I get, I have that bat app. So I get all that MLB breaking news and I get the report that it's seven years, 35 million. I'm like, Oh, that's gotta be a typo. But I'm like, there's no way that's 350 million. Obviously that would be ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, there's, it's gotta be more than 35 million, but no, the, the, it is seven years, 35 million with two team options after I believe. So that is to me that's crazy. I mean, he's making 5 million a year, which yes, that's more money than he was ever making in his life, but at the same time it's like Ozzy Albies had a great year last year. He's going to be a staple on that team for a long time. And it that's just the wave of baseball that's happening nowadays with these extensions. I mean, so many people are signing extensions all these young guys and I mean, yeah, it stops the arbitration stuff, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like Ozzy Albies, if he was 
to wait it out would get that one big contract. That's going to make him more money than what he's going to make in these seven years combined. I mean, $35 million compared to what some of these guys are getting, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me. I think he was worth more. Um, but, you know, hey, I'm not the GM and I'm not Ozzy Albies. If all I'm saying is if I was Ozzy Albies, I'm not taking that deal. I'm not. They better up that to at least 70 in my honest opinion, that's what I would say, 70. Give me seven years, 70 million. We're talking 10 a year. I'm good on that. Um, so um, I, I said this last time, and I don't have to really elaborate too much, but Lester was hurt, hamstring, and he went on the IL. And so Lester's on the IL, but Trout is also injured, uh, but he is not on the injured list. Uh, I guess they said he's day-to-day, so they're not going to put him on the IL um so just kind of we'll we'll keep updated with that because you know it sucks and both these teams are struggling right now the cubs are struggling big time to start the year so losing lester isn't going to help any and the angels aren't very good either so losing both those guys really is tough um and not going to help their causes at all early in the season and speaking of teams that can't afford any more injuries and are struggling the Yankees the Yankees I I talk about every podcast because obviously that's my team love the Yankees been a Yankee fan my entire life um so today came out they were labeled the most valuable franchise but boy have they not been playing like the most valuable franchise in baseball they were swept by the Astros this the last three days the first time that's happened um ever first time the Astros have ever swept them and I don't even know what to say I've already gone on my rants I've already said it all they're they're not hitting when they're hitting they're not pitching their bullpen's been awful for all the money they spent on that bullpen it has not been good you're relying on a 27 year old rookie to come in and give you you know the, the Harvey looked great yesterday but he ultimately he shouldn't be there they should be winning that game with Britain having Batanz is hurt, obviously, but you know Adovino, Chapman, like guys, come on, it's it's ridiculous and it's been painful to watch. And I don't want to be that 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 Yankee fan that's you know I'm like not I'm not throwing in the towel on the Yanks. I still think they're gonna end up near the top of that division. I think they'll be in first. I still think they're gonna make the playoffs. But it's like get your heads out of your asses and start playing. This is crazy. I mean, Jose Altuve absolutely murked them the whole series. Three home runs, or four home runs. Uh, one in each. He had one in each the first two games, and then two yesterday. Um, Correa went off yesterday. I mean, the Astros are a great team, obviously. We all know this. But the Yankees are getting shut down by Colin McHugh yesterday. The guy throws 90. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got a wicked slider. He threw 21 of them yesterday, and I believe. They were all strikes, either swinging or looking. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else they have to do. I mean, Judge looks great one day, then he looks bad, and then he's saying stuff after, which I love. I'm not going to reprimand Aaron Judge. He definitely deserves He's on. He has that platform. He can say what he wants when he wants to his team. He is the captain of that team. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so, But he's annoyed. The fan base is annoyed, and everyone hates Aaron Boone finally, which I all told you 
which I told you all before, Aaron Boone is not a good manager. He has zero, before taking this Yankee job, he had zero managing experience, and you give him the reins of the most valuable franchise in baseball. Tell me how that makes sense. He was never even in, yes, he played, but he wasn't. He was never even a coach. He was never in the dugout as a coach, and you give him the reins to the New York Yankees that have invested so much money in that team, and and they've worked so hard to to build that team back up because three, four years ago, the Yankees were horrible. Brennan Ryan was your starting shortstop, starting third baseman. Like, come on. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's driving me nuts, and... I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So those, I know all my friends that are listening are going to laugh during this because I'm on my typical Yankee rant, but screw Aaron Boone, and the Yankees need to figure it out. And they need to figure it out ASAP. Thank God the Red Sox have been bad, and thank God they're playing a weak division. But the Rays are hot, um, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a little bit. But um, moving on, Vlad Jr., he is a step away from the from the show. He is in AAA right now. Um, can't wait till he comes up. Luckily, the division he plays in, um, we have two uh, AAA teams pretty close. One in Scranton, the Rail Riders, which is the Yankees farm team, and then the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. I plan on going to a game here soon where they play Buffalo so I can see uh, Vlad Jr. play because I want to see this kid play. He is an absolute stud, without a doubt. Um, and I look forward to going to Yankee uh, Stadium and and seeing him. Oh, and breaking news. Breaking news happens all the time on Bringing the Heat podcast. I just got an alert on Twitter. Um, the Jets have signed former Packers Ravens running back Ty Montgomery. That's pretty good. I like that signing because he's going to make them super versatile. He's going to, you know, he can catch the ball at the backfield. He was obviously drafted as a receiver, moved to running back. He had a pretty good year when he transferred to running or when he switched to running back um, his first year in, in uh, Green Bay. I've always liked Ty Montgomery. Um, he kind of got the raw end of the stick in Green Bay because Rodgers sucks. So, uh, yeah, happy for him. Good signing by the Jets, I think. And then we got the Mariners. The Seattle Mariners are hot. All right. They are and fuego. I don't even know if I said that right, but they are hot right now. Um, they have homered in now 15 straight games. They won again today, 7-6. They were losing. Hunter Dozier and Jorge Soler hit both hit home runs yesterday and today. Um, the the Royals looked like they were gonna run away with that game. Uh, Mariners come back. Vogelba- uh, Vogelbach hit the go-ahead homer. And they are hot, man. They're 13-2. and two. Um, These numbers are, are off now because of they have at least 35 homers. I had 34 here. I don't know who all hit home runs today for them. I just know Vogelbach did. Um, so at least 35 in 15 games, which is absolutely absurd. They broke the record for most home runs for the first 15 games of the season. Um, they scored over six runs again. So in 13 of their first 15 games, they have scored six or more runs. The Mariners are hot, man, and we talk about it every podcast, and I, I'm so astonished by what they have done. It's incredible. With all the trades they made, you look at them on paper, you're like, this is a good team, but no way did I think they would be 13-2 and two to start the season. Like, I I could have penciled them in as like, a, like nine wins so far, 10 wins, 13-2. and two? Yo, hats off to the Mariners. I know that they're in, you know, the uh the american league but 
they're awesome to watch right now. They're exciting. Um, I didn't think that all these trades would pan out, but they're panning out. Oh, they, they D Gordon homered today as well. So at least 36 home runs. Um, and then this is going to lead into our new segment. So talking about the Mariners, um, being a hot team, we're, we're going to have it. Well, we already started it. So we have a new segment on bringing the heat called do or die. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to once a week, probably maybe once every couple weeks, cause I want it to get stale. I'm going to put out a list, put out 10 players. So this is their polls. So I put them on Twitter earlier today. Um, and basically what it is, it's going to, it's called do or die. So you're going to, I'm going to give you a list. So like, for example, the Mariners, um, you know, they, I've given you all their stats. So do or die. Will the Mariners do or die? Will they continue to do what they're doing or will they die down and come back to life or how people expected them to do? So I did. And then I put that poll on Twitter. I put their stats and then you can click do or die under the poll and we see how Twitter reacted to it. All right. So that's going to be our new segment called do or die. And that's what it's with players or teams in general. So um, for this one, I have 10 guys and it's probably going to be like this all the time. 10, 10, uh, 10 polls that there was. And let's see how they did. So we're going to review them and then I'm going to give my pick as to to what I think will happen. So number one is Rays baseball. So the Tampa Bay Rays are 10 and 3 right now. They have a plus 32 run differential, so they have absolutely murdered teams lately. Uh they're four and a half they have a four and a half game lead in the East to start the season as well. Um I think so so Twitter had it 50-50. People 50% voted do and 50% voted die. Um I'm gonna say do. I think that the Rays you know, they're starting to get that analytical approach and they've done their homework. They've gotten guys they really like and they've traded away guys. Unfortunately, that, that, that I don't think they wanted to, but they almost had to to get the other guys they needed or wanted. But the Rays are legit, man. I've said this in the last podcast. Cash is a stud manager, in my opinion. I really, really like him and I really like the Rays. So, the Rays, Glass now has been throwing lights out. Meadows has been good, which shame on me because I said he was doing bad. He's not. He's absolutely raking. So, yeah, I'm going to say do on the Rays. And it sucks, again, Yankee fan here, but uh, they look good. And as far as the Mariners, I didn't put them under the 10 because I was just talking about them. But I think the Mariners continue to do what they're doing. I do. Um, the Tigers. So... The Tigers started out 8-4. On paper, I think they were going to be one of the, not the worst teams, but I didn't think they were going to be very good. Um, they lack, in my opinion, power. Uh, they're To me, they're a below average team, in my opinion. I think the pitching kind of tells a story on that. But um, they are 8-4. and four. They, But they've given up more runs than the runs they've scored. Um, I'm going to say die on the Giants. I don't think the pitching will hold up. They're... Uh, they're a younger rotation, Zimmerman's. Well, you got Zimmerman, who's older. He's a vet. Tyson Ross, not sold on Tyson Ross. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say die on the on the Tigers. I'm not too sold on on Detroit. Um, then number three was Whit Merrifield. Um, he had a 31 game hit streak. It did end, so you can say die on the hit streak. But 100 percent on Twitter said said do. 
Um, and I'm going to say do as far as productivity. I think Whit Merrifield is one of the best players in baseball, honestly, and he's he's not talked about enough because he doesn't he lacks that star power. Like he's not a guy that's going to hit 30 home runs, um, but he does everything well. He's extremely versatile. He's a very good average hitter. Um, gets on base. I love Whit Merrifield. And so I'm going to say it's die on the streak because the streak has obviously died at 31 games. But I'm going to say do on productivity. I think he'll continue to be productive for the Royals this year and that one bright spot on that team. Um, number four is Tim Anderson, shortstop from the White Sox. He's got a 514 average, 19 hits, two doubles, and two home runs. 100% on Twitter said do. And I have to agree, I would also say do. Tim Anderson was a prospect for the White Sox for a while. We've seen glimpses of him being very good. Um, and maybe I think this is the year he finally turns it around. Obviously, he's not going to keep a 514 average, but I can see him hitting over 300, having 150 plus hits. I really like Tim Anderson. Um, and so I'm going to say do on the Tim Anderson train. Um, number five is Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger if you haven't watched, is scorching hot. He keeps uh, alternating with, I want to say, Jay Bruce and someone else for the home run. Oh, Chris Davis um, from the uh, Athletics uh, for the home run trophy right now. So to start the year, right now Davis has it because he homered twice again today. So he's got four home runs in two days. But Cody Bellinger is hitting 426. He has got 23 hits, three doubles, one triple, and seven home runs. So 11 of those 23 hits have gone for extra bases. Cody Bellinger, I'm not going to say he was bad last year, but he's definitely took a step back compared to his rookie year. Um, he was in the MVP conversation his rookie year. Um, but I'm going to go do on that. So on Twitter, um, 100% voted do, and I have to agree. Uh, obviously, again, the 426 average won't stick, but I think the home runs go up to 35-40, and he's going to hit doubles. He, the, the kid mashes. I like Cody Bellinger a lot. He's back at his natural position. Um, he does play some outfield here and there. Uh, I think he keeps doing what, he, what he's doing. I'm going to go do on Cody Bellinger. Um, six, Jason Hayward. So Jason Hayward, with the stick, has... Uh, been good this year to start. He's been the one bright spot for the Cubs, really. He's hitting 371 with four home runs and nine RBIs. Um, one of the better starts Jason Hayward has had in, in a little while now. Um, so 50, it was 50-50 on Twitter. 50 said do, 50 said, said die. I'm going to go die on Jason Hayward. Um, I'll be honest, Jason Hayward was one of my favorite prospects when he was coming up, when he had the two home run game, his first game, uh, was absolutely awesome. Um, the story was awesome. He has not lived up to the hype with the stick. He's, he's a great defender. Uh, he got, he got his big contract based on his defense, had nothing to do with how he, how he hit. Um, and I just, he has not had a consistent offensive productive season. Uh, he's always had that been that roller coaster guy where a week he'll be all right and then three weeks he'll be bad. I'm gonna go die on Jason Hayward, um, unfortunately, because I, I I really do like Jason Hayward, but just not he just hasn't been consistent enough for me in his career to. I mean, maybe this is the one year he goes out and he mashes, but I just don't see it. Um, 
And it's weird because you would think that he would do worse because there's probably more pressure on him with how the Cubs have kind of gotten off to a slow start. But no, not in this case. He's doing well. Um, This one surprised me a bit. So number seven is Pete Alonzo, the rookie from the Mets. He's got a 366 average, five home runs, 15 RBIs, and six doubles. So it was 75% said die and 25% said do. That is interesting to me because I think Pete Alonzo is legit. I think this kid, if you look at what he did in spring training, He's he has not skipped a beat. He went from mashing in spring training right to mashing in the pro uh, at the pro level um, during the regular season, and it's crazy that people like Pete Alon. Like you see a lot of times, rookies kind of struggle out of the gates, whether they had a good spring training or not, because it's an it's an adjustment, and you're facing the best pitchers every day. You're not facing that that one minor league guy that you know he was he's there for spring training, but. He's, you know he's not going to make the team. Um, and it's crazy that people, the 75% said die. I thought for sure he would, a lot of people would say do, and I'm going to say do. Um, obviously, again, the 366 average won't stick, but I could see him going down to 280 with 30 home runs this year as a rookie. Um, I really, really, really like Pete Alonzo. He brings an energy to that team too. Um, yeah, I'm all in on Pete Alonzo, big time. Um Tyler Glass now, former Pirate. Shout out Sharanko. Um, he's 3-0 with 21 strikeouts and only three walks, which is very interesting because Glass now, a lot of people thought he was going to be a bust because he had so many problems walking people. I mean, the guy is a huge dude. Uh, he's kind of, um, I almost like feel like he's too big to be a pitcher. I mean, the dude is huge, and it's like he has a hard time finding the strike zone. Uh, but not so far this year in his first three starts, averaging seven strikeouts a game. Um, his ERA is .53, and he had another great start last night with 11 strikeouts. Um, 75% said die, and 25% said do. I got to agree with Twitter. I'm going to say die. Uh, Glass now has – he started off good, but he's in, a, he's in a tough division with the Yanks and the Sox, and once those teams get going, I think his numbers will go up a little bit. Um, he does have a little less pressure with Blake Snell there. Snell is obviously a stud, won the Cy Young last year. Um, but I just don't see him staying where he's at. I can see his ERA blossoming up to four. Um, and the walks will, will get higher, I think. Uh, I hope not. I mean, he's exciting, throws hard, good movement. But I just don't see it sticking for uh, Glass now. Um, nine, Matt Schumacher. He started out 3-0, 19 strikeouts, 90, uh, 0.92 ERA, uh, 100% on Twitter said die. And again, I would have to agree. Again, kind of same thing as, as Glass now as far as the division's concerned. Tough division. He's on a worse team in the Blue Jays um, than the Rays. The Blue Jays are, are worse than the Rays. Um, they, and I think that they will ultimately end up struggling here. Give it a little bit once once teams start getting hot and finding their stride. I think the Blue Jays will start to kind of start creeping down that the standings there in the East. And uh, yeah, I think Schumacher's numbers will will start to to go up in in a bad way. They'll start going up like the ERA will go up and things like that. So um, not in on Schumacher. So I'm gonna say die on that. And the last one, number ten, Marco Gonzalez starts out four zero. 
He's got a higher ERA with a 3.16. He's got 16 strikeouts to five walks. So he's got a higher ERA, but he's keeping his team in the games. He's got a more realistic ERA than a .53. No one's finishing with a .53. I feel like Marco Marco Gonzalez is what you see. Like You get what you see. Um, He's kind of always been like that. He's going to be a a mid-to-high threes, low-fours ERA guy. But he's going to keep you in games. He's going to throw strikes. Um, I really like the Mariners. And I think as as long as the Mariners stay hot and can score runs, he's going to keep getting wins because he's going to he's going to give up three, four runs. And the Mariners are so hot right now. That's all right. You can give up three or four runs. Keep the game close. Keep your team in it. They got a pretty decent bullpen and the wins will keep coming. So I really like it. It was 50 50 on Twitter. I'm going to go do I think that the Mariners keep doing what they're doing, and I think Marco Gonzalez keeps getting uh, some run support and picks up more wins. So that's going to be it for the do-or-die section. I really like that. That was fun. I want to do it next time uh, when Luke's on the episode uh, because I think it'll be more fun. We can kind of debate it on what we think. Uh, It was fun. So I'll put him out again on Twitter, uh, and it'll be interesting because hopefully we get more feedback. Uh, We got more votes than what I thought. So I like it. Um, Make sure when you vote, retweet it and favorite it so we can get more people to look at it and get more votes. But I liked it. It was fun. Um, Last topics, as always, is UFC. So the Dillashaw news got worse. Um, They went out, they test some old samples, and he failed them as well. Um, What I don't get, and this is another thing I could have put out on airing it out, is I don't understand how a guy in UFC can fail a drug test and then f- a pre-fight drug test nonetheless. So he f- this tainted sample was taken before the, t- the fight even happened, and he was still able to step into the octagon and fight. Like, they need to get – they need to test these quicker so that these guys don't fight because ultimately what happened was – TJ Dillashaw has made all this money. He was he's been the champ twice. He's made all this money. He's been on all these pay-per-views. The main he's main evented a bunch of times now. And ultimately the man, yeah, his career is tainted. He's not the champ anymore. All his wins are going to be tainted. His UFC legacy is ruined um because he got busted for EPO, which is basically like what Lance Armstrong took like the stuff is bad. It's up there with some of the worst things you could take as far as to, to, to enhance your performance. It's only injectable, so it's not like, you know, he, it was an accident. Like, he knew he took it. Like, it's bad. Um, and it gives you a definite 100% edge. Like, it allows you to train longer and, and get an advantage. And so um, what if he was to go into that cage and seriously hurt Cejudo, which they say people on this can seriously hurt someone because they've had – that extra training, extra work. The UFC would be so liable, and it's crazy. Like, you, they have to figure out a way to, to get these test results in before the fight so that these guys aren't fighting. Because now Dillashaw made that money, and all right, like I said before, stripped of the belt, suspended two years, but he's he should have to pay back the money that he's made in those pay-per-views. Honestly, because he's made all this money, and now he's on vacation, two years vacation, while you've already made millions. Um, and the, and the fight game is tough. I mean, unless you are a guy like Dillashaw or a guy that's main eventing and, and being the, the main event, the main event or 
you know, on the main card or or whatever, headlining a pay-per-view, whatever it is, you're not making anything if you're not one of those guys. So, you know, I think Dillashaw should have to pay that money back. It would never happen, but um, his his legacy is tainted forever, um, and a lot of people had a lot to say about it. Rafael Sunsau was one. Um, basically called him a chump. Obviously, we know Garber and him hate each other, but absolutely crazy. Um, and I put the question mark here is his career over. I think he'll come back and fight, but he's going to get heavily booed. Um, he's definitely the villain now, so I never liked him, but the people that did like him, I think, are going to dislike him. Um, people that didn't like him are going to hate him more. Uh, UFC fighters don't like him. Um, so, and it's crazy because he's... You know, Uriah Faber's gym has been saying that he's been on stuff for years now, and it just came back. So, I mean, I don't know if he was what, how he was getting away with it, but I think that he's been taking it for a while um, because he went through that skid where he was horrible, and all of a sudden he was a world beater again. You don't see that too often. Most guys, you see him go on a streak. Then they kind of fall off, and when normally when they fall off, they don't come back up because the fighting game is such a confidence game, and you don't see too many guys that reach their prime when they kind of fall for that. From that, it's really hard for them to get back up. I mean, you kind of see it with jo- Jose Aldo. You know, he got knocked up on McGregor, and yeah, he's on a streak right now. But if he was to fight McGregor again, I think that he doesn't have the confidence. Kind of the same thing that happened in the Holloway fight, like. He got worked the first time, got worked the second time. Like he looks great against these other opponents, but against these big name guys, he he just doesn't have that confidence anymore. Um, he never would. He's never going to be the champ again. And I kind of feel the same about other guys as well. Like uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I just had it on the tip of my tongue, and now I can't remember. But anyway, most guys that are champs when they fall from grace, it. They, they have a hard time getting back up. So, uh, moving on. Ross Pearson retired. Um, he finishes with a 20-16 and 16 record. He's been on a slide for a while. Pearson hasn't been very good for a while. Um, so, he's 20-16 and 16 now. Or, he finishes 20-16 and 16 and he is retired. He is done. Um, in other news, Diego Sanchez will fight Michael Chiesa at UFC 239, and that con- that card continues to be stacked. Like they keep adding more fights. Cannot wait for that in July. It's going to be freaking amazing. I cannot wait for that card at all. Um, and then the last thing. Uh, so again, this is another short episode, just me here. So I'm not going to sit here and bore you to death with an hour and a half long episode of just me rambling. So last thing, I'm just going to review what I think is going to happen in this weekend's card. This weekend we got the 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 Gastelum or the Holloway and uh, Poirier main event with the Adesanya Gastelum. Um, co-main both for both are title shots both are for interim titles um, so the I'm only going to preview three the three fights the last three fights I'm not going to preview the whole card I'm not going to give my picks for the whole card just the last three fights so the first fight um, is Eric Anders versus Khalil Roundtree Jr. Um, I'm going Eric Anders by knockout uh, I didn't pick a round I just said by knockout um, he's fought some tough opponents 
he's kind of been up and down. Like some fights he looks great, other fights he's not so great. Khalil Roundtree really only has one big win to his name, and he's kind of the last two fights been on a slide. So I think Ander and, and Roundtree's chin has kind of hasn't been great in his last two fights either. Um, gonna go Eric Anders on that by knockout. Second fight, which I'm really excited for, Stylebender is my guy. I love Israel Adesanya so much. Uh, he reminds me so much of John Jones. Super exciting. He's such a patient fighter. Um, and because he's my dude, because I love Israel Adesanya, one of my favorite fighters right now, I'm going him over Kevin Gastelum by decision, though. So... You know, Adesanya reminds me of Jones, John Jones a lot um, in the way that he's patient. Not going to do anything stupid. He's not going to, you know, put himself in any dangerous situation. And Gastelum has that knockout power. He's got heavy hands. So Adesanya, I think, is going to control the distance. He's going to set up shots. He's going to pick and choose his shots. And I think he's going to ultimately outstrike Gastelum. He's going to piece him up, uh, hit him with... Some kicks, some uh, punches. Uh, I think that, again, he keeps the fight at a comfortable distance. I don't think it's going to be the fight everyone thinks. I think it's going to be boring, truthfully. I think it's going to be Adesanya kind of, you know, back to the cage. Again, working the distance because um, he's got that height advantage and that reach advantage and just kind of pick apart Gastelum. Uh, his takedown defense has been pretty good. And when he gets taken down, he's very good at getting back up. Um, so I think that he'll be fine. I really do. I think that he wins by decision. Um, I think it goes all five. And then the last one, Poirier Holloway. Um, this one I have a really hard time with because I really like Max Holloway. He's a true champ. I really have always liked Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Uh, Poirier's fights are never boring. He's always super entertaining, always pressing the action. This fight has the making to be an absolute war. I think these two are, these two dudes are just going to stand and swing for the fences, go for that knockout. Um, parts of me wants to say that Poirier is going to come out and win by knockout because, um, like, we've seen Holloway's had the concussion problems. Is that going to affect his chin? Um, I don't think he really got clipped much by Ortega. So in my honest opinion, like, he ran away with that fight, no problem. Um, but Poirier is a different striker than Ortega. Ortega isn't known for his striking game as much as Poirier. That's what Poirier is a great wrestler, but he also he's very good. He's a well-rounded fighter. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to take Holloway down. Holloway has very good takedown defense, um, so I don't see that being an issue for Holloway. But Poirier is kind of a big dude. He's got some. He packs a punch. The dude's got some power. Uh, but so does Holloway. And so I honestly think this fight's going to stay on the feet. Two dudes are going to just pound the hell out of each other. Um, as far as, you know, I think they're going to stand exchange with the hands. I'm saying decision, and I'm going to go Holloway. As much as I think that I can kind of see Poirier winning by knockout by clipping Holloway and knocking him out, Holloway is just such a tough opponent. He, he is in the zone. Like, this guy is... He almost seems invincible, and I know that, again, all those guys that at one point seem invincible, they fall eventually. I just don't think it is Holloway's time to fall yet, um, and I think that he, that fight also is going to go to decision, but I think it's going to be an exciting one. I think each guy might get stunned once or twice, 
But um, I don't know. I think it's going to stay on the feet, and I think it's going to be exciting. I cannot wait to watch that one. So um, make sure you tune in to UFC 236 if, if you have the opportunity on uh, this Saturday. So, But other than that, that is going to do it for episode 39 for Bringing the Heat podcast. It was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed this one. Um, lots of good info. I really love the, the do or die segment. Um, again, stay active with us on Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow us. Make sure to subscribe uh, to our podcast on Anchor, or Apple Music, or Apple iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, rather. God, I can't can't think or speak. Um, or any other platform you listen to podcasts on, we're probably on there. I know we're on Spotify as well. Um, I know that's a big one, so make sure to check us out and, and subscribe, um, give us a five-star rating, leave us a comment and a review. If it's something that you don't like, tweet at us. We'll try to figure it out and, and try to try to appeal to you as much as we possibly can. So also make sure to check out our YouTube page. I am actually going to go and play some video games right now and live stream it. So why not go check it out? As you listen to this, go on YouTube subscribe to us on youtube and go check out our stream as well probably play some apex legends so other than that have a good night everybody i hope you enjoy and we will see you on tuesday peace out